Welcome to Metal Injections The Squared Circle Pit! Today's special guest, WWE NXT Superstar, Rick Boots! And now, here's your host, Rob Haspani! It has been a pretty big week for metal news. We're going to talk about all of it. We're going to talk about everything right here on a squared circle pit where the metal world meets the pro wrestling world. I'm Rob. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. If this happens to be your first time tuning into Squared Circle Pit, welcome. Here is this is the only show where we talk to metal musicians and rock musicians about pro wrestling and where we talk to pro wrestlers about rock and heavy metal. See how that works? Uh, in the past, we've had a lot of awesome guests. So if you have, if this is your first time checking out the show, please go to metalinjection.net slash squared circle pit or check us out on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts for past episodes with the likes of Eric Rowan, uh, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho. Uh, we've had Eric Bischoff, who I'm going to talk about a little bit later in the show. Very very interesting news with Bischoff. We've had Corey Taylor from Slipknot talking about pro wrestling. We've had Tools Maynard, James Keenan. We've had Neurosis and Scott Kelly. Lots of really, really cool guests in the nearly 50-episode history of the show. So if this is your first time tuning in, please do, do yourself a solid and check in with some of our fun past episodes. This week, I'm really excited to talk to Rick Boogs. First time I saw this guy premiere uh, debut on NXT a few weeks back, I guess a few months back now, I was completely blown away by this fully formed power metal, heavy metal character who came out and gave like an amazing Dio scream to kick off his debut. And uh, he, you know, I, I've since become friends with him on social media and great guy constantly posts Videos himself working out to like Megadeth or whatever, and just like really, really positive guy, fun, fun guy to follow on social media, and fun guy whose career I'm sure is off to big things. It's off to a big start for sure. I'm just rambling here, so I'll stop. We'll get to the Rick Boogs interview where he reveals some interesting info, like who, which prominent pro wrestling personality inspired his character. Uh, someone very important to the wrestling world today. He'll talk about that. He'll talk about how he got into pro wrestling, how he got inspired to try out for NXT. And of course, we're going to talk about some of his favorite metal bands. Uh, this interview was recorded a few weeks ago, uh, right before Download Festival, when NXT went to Download Festival. So we'll talk about that and what bands he was looking forward to. So just keep that in mind. So uh, without further ado, I want to get to the Rig Boogs interview. And when we come back, we'll talk about all the wrestling news and how crazy things are. Here's Rick Boogs. Now entering the squared circle pit, the highest pitched member of the NXT universe, Rick Boogs. How's it going, Rick? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. I just want to say, I have never, uh, like a, a debuting wrestler has never gotten so over with me so quickly than when I saw your entrance a few weeks ago on NXT television and heard that high-pitched scream, and I was just like, yes, I'm it. Even before you got in the ring and did that amazing air guitar, I was like, this is my guy. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. And know, I the people that get it, get it. The people that don't get it will never get it. 
a lot of people told me I have to ditch the high-pitched scream, but I was like, you know what? I'm a metalhead. I want to stand out, and this is the way I'm going to do it. High-pitched folks, ripping, shredding rips, and brutal drums. So, and I feel I like the, the NXT audience at Full Sail immediately took to it. I feel like they love a good slice of cheese, and you handed them some cheesy goodness. And, and like, right at the beginning of the match... I don't like. Was that even planned with the, the air guitar? And then like the crowd got so into it, they they even wanted an encore. Like, how did that feel for no. you? That definitely wasn't planned. Uh, and a fun little tidbit here: that whole entrance. That was my first time doing that in NXT ever, actually, because uh, it was my you know it was my debut, mm-hmm. and I wanted to make an impression. And. Uh, like I said, a lot of people thought my gimmick was uh, a little hokey, a little too over the top. But I figured I would go all out and see what the NXT WWE universe thought about it. And uh, I'm glad I stuck to my guns because now I'm just giving, I, I get to live the life that I've always wanted to live. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so like, you kind of started developing the character and brought it to them and we're like, let's just try it out live. Is that how kind of how it happened? Yeah. Yeah. Like I was doing, uh, you know, we do the, the Florida shows, little live events mm-hmm. and uh, I was doing something similar, but for this NXT television debut, I just took it to a whole different level. And, uh, I think, I think people can, they can read if it's something that's genuine and my air guitar playing, and my screams were as genuine as can be. So I think that's why people enjoyed it and they wanted more. So it yeah, was a super went... cool experience. And, uh, yeah, fellow metalhead Triple H obviously dug it because he wanted me to go back up there and do it again. Yeah, that's that, that's so cool. That, like, So, like, when you got back after your match, I assume you were feeling awesome. You were like, fuck, I nailed it. And then... And then you hear the crowd, and then Triple did Triple H just go back out and give them give them a little more of that boogs? Yeah, a little more taste of you know just <laughs> just the uh, the air metal maestro what he does best. I love it. So let, let let's take a step back a little. What came to you first, your love of heavy metal or your love of pro wrestling? Uh, that's actually that is an interesting question because I believe when I was about seven years old, I was obsessed with the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, I've always liked heavy, fast music, but I was familiar with Ultimate Warrior before I was with, uh, as we dabble a couple years later, when I bought cassettes from Pantera and Metallica. Um, mm-hmm. But I think my true love for metal, you know, stemmed before professional wrestling, sports entertainment. I've always been a little metalhead. Even, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I was born in 1987, so it's not like we had... Uh, you know, the internet at the tips of our fingers. So I had, I was just had to be exposed, you know, via radio and stuff like that. That's where I got my taste in Metallica. And then I bought my first cassette in Justice for All. And then I got a second cassette was Pantera, Cowboys from Hell, because my mother would not allow me to buy any cassette tapes that had the parental advisory sticker on it. Oh, and somehow wow. Cowboys from Hell, yeah, that was, uh, that was the one. She didn't That's let me buy so- Slayer. <laughs> so let me ask you all these years later what's your favorite metallica album favorite metallica album mm-hmm. uh, i probably have to go with uh i mean it always differs because you know we've been listening to that fellow metal has been listening to that for so long uh but i would say master of puppets at the moment 
That's mine as well. For the, longest time, be... for the longest time, it was Kill 'Em All. Kill 'Em All was my favorite when I was younger. Uh, my favorite as a kid was Ride the Lightning because it was like just that perfect in between from the punk kind of like messiness of Kill 'Em All and the more polished yeah. Master of Puppets. But yeah. I recently like revisited Master of Puppets, gave it like a good listening, and I'm like, no, this is this is flawless. I can't. There's right? no oh, track on here. <laughs> Funny story that. about funny story about Ride the Lightning. I bought that cassette, and uh, so my parents drove a minivan with a cassette player in it. And we always listened to Ride the Lightning. And my, I specifically remember my dad being blown away by Fight Fire with Fire with how fast it was. But my dad's not a metalhead, so he's like, "Wow, how does he play the drums so fast?" <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I remember that from. Uh, 24 years ago. That's funny. So I, I kind of get the feeling that you enjoy more of the like classic heavy metal. Like, what, what what's your taste? Like, what are you jamming nowadays? Uh, I mean, listen, uh, definitely not all about the classics. I, I enjoy the classics as well. But like, a very common question, as you may imagine, on what like what's my favorite band? I think you know when you enjoy music and that's a big passion of yours i don't think you have one favorite band i don't think i could have a favorite band but uh if i had to pick one as hard as it is i would say megadeth just because uh first of all i have a tattoo of them killing us my business the business is good tattoo on my chest for a lot of people that are wondering what that is um i got into them when i was nine years old and i think that's what forever changed my life i was like die hard fan i made my parents you know, pay for my fan club membership and everything. Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, it was great. Uh, had a little shrine to Megadeth in my room when I was a kid. Um, started playing bass, and, uh, like, David Ellison was one of my big influences. But that's not to say that I'm all about, like, classic thrash metal and stuff. I do like it, but I also, like, I like At The Gate, so, like, Vital Remains, Exodus, Children of Bodom, After The Burial, like, Iced Earth. Um, oh, so you're, you're you know, very varied. What's that? Very a very varied palette of heavy metal. Like people yeah. people think heavy metal is all just the same noise, but there's so many subgenres that you could totally uh, yeah, get lost in it. Uh, metal is its own thing. Yeah. I love that you said Megadeth is your favorite band. Uh, do you have an album that you listen to more than any other Megadeth album? Do you have a go-to Megadeth? Uh, album? Well, I mean. So, as every Megadeth fan knows, uh, probably Rust in Peace is their ultimate mm-hmm. classic, and a lot yes. of people say it's their favorite. And again, it's like Kill 'em All for Metallica for me when I was a kid. Rust in Peace is my definite favorite. But as my palate matures and I have heard these albums for, you know, 20 plus years, I honestly think So Far So Good So What might be my favorite Megadeth album. I don't know. Oh, Maybe because I didn't listen to it quite as much when I was a kid, but. Uh, I don't know. For me, it's the same. Like, like Russ and Peace was like, yeah, like Russ and Peace was like it. But now I'm I'm more kind of a a countdown guy. Although I I had to take a break from Megadeth for a little bit just because of some of the political stuff that kind of was just like, ah, it kind of changed me. But but now I'm back. Like, it's been so long that I'm like, no, I can't. I can't not listen to the music because of the person. (laughs) The music is too good. I need it. Yeah, I mean, Dave Mustaine's like, he's just a totally different person now. So I don't know. I don't, but Dave was the man when he was a, when he was a young, rebellious kid. I mean, he was awesome. I don't know. Yeah. Dave, I don't know much now, like you said, but I, 
I'm not even too familiar with their new stuff anymore because mm-hmm. I think as I get older, I get like more stubborn with discovering new stuff or even listening, mm-hmm. like, even bands that I love, like Megadeth. Like I just, I don't take the time to listen to their new music. I don't know because I guess their old music's so good. Right, and you kind of have to invest your time and like, like listen to yeah. it. But and you're like, why? I could just put on this guaranteed banger of an album, <laughs> and, yeah. and just do that. Uh, and interesting, interestingly enough, though, now we're talking about favorite Megadeth albums. I think the System Has Failed has, might be one of my top Megadeth albums. And that's, well, a, I mean, and that's, a, that's the one I was, was going to say. That's album. that's a newer one, but at this point, it's like probably like. 12 or 13 years old, which is so, yeah, so insane. Yeah, how new is it? <laughs> yeah. I guess for me, like new and old Megadeth is like the, the, the break is like when he broke up the band in the, yeah. in the early aughts because of his injury. So like everything after that is new Megadeth and then everything before that would be old Megadeth. Do you have yeah. an opinion uh, yeah, on Risk? Yeah, sounds about right, yeah. Do you have an opinion on yeah. Risk? Buddy Friedman, Nick Menza, yeah, R.I.P. Uh, I'm not sure if you're like Risk. Do you listen to it? it it's I have mixed feelings <laughs> on the album. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean they got good. They got, there's some good tracks on Risk, um, and that's a very nostalgic time period for me and Megadeth because uh, when that album came out, I don't know what they were doing at the time, but they did like a like a meet and greet, like signing thing at like Best Buy back when that existed. Mm-hmm. So I got to meet them when I was like 11 years old. Yeah shy little kid who's like taking pictures with my flash polaroid camera but um i don't know that experience so yeah it's it's, i got all these pictures with like marty friedman and and dave mustaine and stuff where like my fingers like blocking the shot halfway and but i mean i I mean i'll risk all those albums that i grew up with hold a special Mm -hmm. place in my heart you know that's what i'm saying it's not quite the same with the new music that comes up have you i don't know uh, Marty Friedman, he uh, has a bunch of solo stuff. He put out a solo album or two recently, and it's awesome. It's great. It's instrumental. And uh, if he yeah. ever plays, if he ever tours, seeing him live, his band is unreal. It's such a visceral experience to to see that band. And like he has great musicians playing with him, and he's just the best. And his hair is unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, best hair in metal. Yeah, I've only seen his solo stuff on YouTube. I've never had that. The pleasure to see him perform live, unfortunately. Uh, I've so, seen Megadeth. I've seen Megadeth a uh, handful of times live too, but never with the original lineup. So yeah, I've only mm-hmm. seen new Megadeth, but it was still pretty good. Uh, yeah, and, and the the classics still hold up. Oh, of course. Uh, I love oh. on your Instagram that you have these videos of you lifting weights, and there's always <laughs> metal playing. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, it, well the music, it, the music. I'm one with the music when I'm lifting. Like for real, I've had so many workouts where if I can't find the right music, like my workouts just shot. As funny as that is, no, I absolutely going. understand. I've, I've yeah. had like I've had moments on like when I'm doing cardio, which I hate, and I'm just like, yeah, shit. I don't know if I can I can keep going and like the shuffle hits and like, it's like hate breed perseverance playing. And he's just like, Come yeah. on, you, you know, persevere. And it's like, yeah, I can do this. Let's go. <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I, like for me, for me personally, it's like uh, just hard hitting moments in the song build up. So like breakdowns or something like that, 
where he gives me, I don't know, 50% more power and explosiveness to crush some heavy weight. It's very funny, and it's uh, people always ask me, like, for advice and stuff on social media. I'm like, to be honest, man, it's probably just the tunes. You just got to find the right tunes that move your soul. If you find that, if you find something that makes you feel electrified and gives you goosebumps, how could you not hit a new personal best? I don't know. That's just that's my experience. Do you have, like, go-to, like, what are your go-to either songs or albums that you know are going to give you the power <laughs> to, to hit <laughs> The power. Uh, Vital Remains, Hammer Down the Nails. I love that. Uh, Icons of Evil, that whole album. Uh, oh, one of my absolute favorites. Um, I would say Exodus, Death Amphetamine is a good song. Children oh, wow. of Bodom, Downfall, uh, After the Burial, Burial, uh, Pennyweight's a good song. Um, Ice Earth, Question to Heaven. That's a song that's like not quite as hard hitting, but it's just very emotional, very powerful. Winter Sun, uh, that whole Time album, moves me very well. Trivium, their Ascendancy album, I'm all about that. Uh, Rodney Christ has a lot of powerful, it's just very like, I don't know, tribal, emotional, but simple music. That I love listening to that. Um, Man Must Die. Uh, oh, wow. That's, I haven't heard that band in forever. That's great. <laughs> yeah, right. Decapitated. That's another one that one of my go-tos. Uh, early Decapitated and New Decapitated. So that's a band that I do enjoy. Their newer music. Mm-hmm. As different as it is from the earlier music. And if you're when you're in the uh, performance center, do you ever get like a hold of the music and, and put in like your iPod or whatever? And then everyone else is no. like, what the fuck is this vital remain shit? <laughs> no, <laughs> because, like because I know that I'm probably the only one that would enjoy that. I yeah. see. I'm not a selfish person. If people want to enjoy some tunes, some little radio rock or some pop, I'm, I'll let them. Because I I go home and I enjoy you know my free time anyways. So I always have my opportunities to crank tunes and lift weights. So I'm a very, uh, I'm a very giving man. <laughs> You never, you never, uh, uh, you're not like one of those metal elitists that like only metal all the time. No, I used to be like that as a kid because I think that that's a mindset that a lot of metalheads get into because like, as you said earlier, metal's its own thing. There's so many subgenres, so it's pretty easy to just stick to metal. But as I get older, you know, I, I can, I can dig Pearl Jam and Candlebox and stuff as well, you know. I listen to a lot of music. I don't. I don't listen to hip hop. I. I don't know. I just can't enjoy that. It's not that I think it's bad. I just like if I listen to music in my free time, it's either probably rock or metal. But mm-hmm. definitely not an elitist. Right. I can respect people listening to other music. It's just you know I grew up with metal and rock. So as I as I mentioned over and over again, I guess musically, so we- I guess I'm pretty uh, pretty boxed in at this point in my life. So you said you got into metal uh, first, like you liked the Ultimate Warrior, but you didn't really get into wrestling until later. How did you get into wrestling, like for like into it, like deep into it? And when did did you kind of have that moment of like I, I could probably do this? <laughs> uh, so that's yeah. Let's talk about that. That's pretty funny, actually. 
So I wrestled at the University of Wisconsin, and then after that, after I graduated, I coached for a couple of years. I stuck around with them for two years after that. And then I got into strength coaching, and as you know from, like, my Instagram and stuff, I, uh, I, like, to, I like to lift. I like to lift heavy. I like to scream and <laughs> be really loud and obnoxious and headbang and air guitar while I'm lifting weights, and it's all on my YouTube, um, on my YouTube channel. Like, I started uploading videos there, I think, in, like, 2015 or so. And more and more and more, like, ever since I started, I would get comments, like, dude, you got to try out the WWE. You should be in the WWE. I was actually doing that before my YouTube channel. Just because I'm a bigger guy and I wrestled in college. and But, I mean, it was, it was definitely my YouTube channel. Like, I would get, I don't even know how many times I got that comment. I would say over 100 times people have told me I should go to the WWE. And I was like, uh, as I got older and older, you know, as I think I was 29 years old, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm getting older. I'm almost 30. Like, why don't I just try? You know, like, I have a wrestling background. I'm a very intense, high-energy person. So it was basically, that was, that was all it was. Like, um, I wanted to try out even for Tough Enough, I think when that was, like, in 2014 or 2015, but... My wife was pregnant at the time, and she was uh, she was very opposed to me <laughs> <laughs> trying out for you know sports entertainment. So uh, I think once we had our daughter, and our daughter was like a year or two, and I was just working you know some low paying strength coaching job, and then she realized that yeah, you know I should do this, I should try out. Uh, we just hit that point, you know, after people telling me I should keep doing it, I should keep doing it, and me getting older and. You know, I put it all on the line every day anyways with lifting, so figured, you know, let's put it in the ring. Let's see if I can do it. That's, sure enough, here I am. Yeah, that's great. I mean, like, you already have, like, all the fundamentals. You have the commitment. Clearly, you have the charisma, if I can say so myself. So, yeah. what, so then, you like, did you send in a tape? Like, what was your audition like, if, if you don't mind talking uh, so, about it? No, I don't mind at all, yeah. One of my wrestling coaches at the University of Wisconsin was Jared Brayer, who now coaches at Virginia Tech, I believe. He wrestled at Oklahoma, and he was teammates with Jack Swagger. Um, mm-hmm. So he pitched that. So he was another guy that told me I should try out for WWE. And that was back in 2009 or 2010. He said his, his buddy was doing really well. And, you know, I was younger at that point. I was like 22 years old. So I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I should do that. You know, but as a kid, you – you're pretty naive when you're younger and you think things kind of just fall into your lap. Right. Um, so then fast forward seven years, seven years down the road, I reached out to him. I was like, Hey man, like, do you remember seven years ago when you said I should try out for that? Like, so I just asked him like, well, how do I go about doing that? So I had to kind of, you know, bust his chops to get me some info. And eventually he must've talked to his, his friend. And then one way or another, um, they gave me Jerry Briscoe's number, and I talked with him and told him all about my background and stuff, and he just got me a tryout. And at the tryout, I just brought my my energy. <laughs> you know, I, I came and coached Dave, and I just made sure to be seen and be vocal, and then the rest is history. And so, and then that I mean, that's such a cool, <laughs> that's such a cool story. You just went and did it, and they were like, "Yeah, hell yeah!" And then, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then when, when did you start thinking like, 
oh, I love metal. There's like, it's kind of crazy to think like with the crossover between metal and wrestling, there hasn't really been a metal wrestler <laughs> or like a power metal yeah. or, like wrestler. Like I'm going to yeah. bring this in and do this. Like, like when did that yeah, well, spark? That's another great question that you asked because it's another oh, well, good you. story. So <laughs> when I first started, so I started in NXT, uh, it was basically June 2017. And then it, it was, um, you know, I was just learning all the, you know, the pro wrestling moves, the sports entertainment side of things, uh, putting that all together in the ring. And I, I got some advice from some people just to, not worry about the gimmick, right? Not worry about your gear, what you wear. So I just kind of, I just wore black. I started up wearing a black singlet because I figured I'm an amateur wrestler. I'll just wear a singlet. And then I was like, well, you know what? I don't want to just be an amateur wrestler guy. So I changed to just black trunks. And then shortly after that, I, uh, I blew my knee out. I tore my ACL and my MCL and my meniscus, a very mm. bad knee injury. And that kept me out for a year. So while I was recovering, I was like, hmm, I need to make sure that this injury was a blessing in disguise. So I figured I would just, you know, like a pro, I saw the promo class multiple times a week, and I just I just cut the most ridiculous promos. Uh, one thing I cut was Art Von Boobs. So I mean, this artist <laughs> with tight overalls and a French beret, and it was a little too gimmicky. Uh, so, you know, I was looking for something over the top anyways that I could bring energy to and that, you know, makes people laugh but at the same time can be taken seriously. And I think that was a little too hokey. But, uh, you know, as I'm throwing ideas at the wall and seeing what sticks, I was in a promo class once that Paul Heyman was coaching and. And he asked me to basically say my promo again, but to sing it like a girl. Because he, he, he's had other people do this in the past, and he just uh, he wants them to be embarrassed, basically, to do it. But because it brings up a point that it grabs people's attention because it's different. So I was like, well, I'm not embarrassed to do it. I love singing high-pitched vocals. And I, that just stuck with me. Like, if people are embarrassed to do that and it stands up, I'm not embarrassed to do it. And it stands so why wouldn't I just do that all the time? So that's when I started just screaming, basically, in my entrance. And um, from there, I think it was because I had uh, some generic rock song when I started back at the live events when I was clear that I was, you know, just play a little air guitar because, you know, I like playing guitar anyways and metal. Uh, so it was just the combination of the two. And then really it was just the pieces kind of falling into play. Like, well, what am I? Right? I play air guitar and I'm screaming high pitch. I think it's naturally organically coming together just as a, just a metal dude, you know, as simple as that basically. So what I you're like telling me, I like to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that, uh, indirectly Paul Heyman inspired your character. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yeah, indirect, because I wouldn't have done those screaming and singing stuff if it wasn't for him with that little coaching cue in promo class. And that's kind of what, what when it clicked for you. That's so, that's so cool. Yeah, yep, and then the rest is history, basically just from that one that one drill, that one exercise. Is it always Heyman during the promo class, or are there different mentors that kind of It's not coach? normally him. He comes a few times a year just to, you know, give uh, that professional – 
you know, different different advice than what we normally get. Just an outsider that has tons mm-hmm. of experience. Yeah. Do you, you ever get like very beneficial, very helpful? Yeah, I mean, you, you totally help you find your clearly like, right. Yeah, like, do you find it like like mind blowing sometimes? Like the type of legends that that are like co- kind of coaching you and and working with you, and you're like, holy crap! Like Shawn Michaels is my boss, you know, or, or something like that. Yeah, you know, it's definitely. I mean, it's all surreal. <laughs> that <laughs> and then a lot of times, like I just think about what I do for a living. And I'm like, wow, right. like I get home and my wife's, my wife's working a desk job, talking to people on the phone and stuff. And I get home and like, sometimes I have a long day and maybe as everyone does, maybe someone complain about something, but I think to myself, like, man, I play, I just play air guitar. <laughs> I play air guitar, <laughs> I scream, I wear tights. Like, I don't see what else I'd rather be doing with my life. It's pretty incredible. Like I get to be in the WWE, but I also get to be, you know, it was a pseudo rock star in a way. So, like, finally in my life, I get to combine my two passions. You know, because mm-hmm. I um, started playing guitar when I was 11. And I played a little bit in some bands in high school. And then <clears throat> I went to wrestle at the University of Wisconsin. And that was pretty much all-consuming. It took up all my time. So, it, you know, it, it took me away from music in that regard. And then... I don't know. Like this is finally what's bringing me back. So it's like my two passions in life are, they're one. That's awesome. And you know, uh, the thing I want to say, like, what is the date? Like, what are the hours like that you that you have to work day to day? Is it like a nine to five? Other than the like Friday, you know, the the weekend loops for the shows. Yeah, it... yeah, it varies. It's it's not always the same because there's always things, you know, tours of the performance center, or people to meet, or things of that sort, uh, meetings. Um, there's usually ring training, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Ring training Thursday and Friday. There's like a strength and conditioning Monday through Friday. But then, like you said, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we travel mm-hmm. uh, around Florida, the Florida Loop. And then other times of the month, we travel around the country. And then tomorrow, even, I'm leaving for the U.K. for Download Fest. So it's like it's, it's different, basically, every week, like, there's a general schedule, but it's never really the same. It's always different. That's going to be fun going to download. Uh, are, are you going to be, like, do you already have, obviously you're going to be working doing some wrestling, but are you yeah. trying to catch some bands? Like, which bands are you trying to catch? I know you looked at the lineup already. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, of course. I looked at the lineup before I even knew I was going. Just to ensure <laughs> that, I, yeah, that I really wanted to go. Yeah, like, uh, I know Lamb of God's playing. I definitely want to see them. At the Gates. That's, uh, like I said, it's one of my favorite bands. I want to see yeah. them. Um, Trivium, I'll probably see them if I have time. Uh, even Tesla, like, listen, I like the hair bands as well. White Snake, that's the band that I wanted to see. I was at their concert in high school, but my ex-girlfriend at the time had some drama or whatever. caused me to miss the entire concert. So, <laughs> fast forward, was... <laughs> 15 years later so i'll finally get to see them now that's awesome well I, I hope you i hope you have an excellent time and get to catch most of the bands you want to i know it doesn't work out one last question before i let you go i don't know if you've thought about this but let you've made it to the main roster you have a featured spot in wrestlemania triple h comes out to you he's like all right boogs we got to do a special entrance do you have that holy grail 
of special entrances, like like a band to play you out, or like what would be the ultimate entrance for Rick Boogs? <laughs> well, I think that this would be the most realistic one. I'm a big fan of Zach Wild. I have a Black Label Society tattoo as well. Mm-hmm. I think he's a Zach big wrestling Wilde fan. The best bet. Yeah, play whatever song I have, whether I have the same song now or whether it's different. I would like him to hit those squealing harmonics and just be shredding to whatever music <laughs> as I walk down the stage. Yeah, me and Zach. I love it. Like you two walk together, and then maybe he even like does yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has the wireless. He's walking down with me. We get in the ring, right? He could be playing in the ring. I'll be oh, playing man. the the air bass or the air drums while well back to back. Music. You're back to back. Yes. rocking the guitar. Yes. I see it. I love it. <laughs> I know, right? I could maybe I'll have like the the blonde dyed hair then as well. I don't know, like you know. I think it's <laughs> who knows? Yeah, who knows where your character is by that point? He might be even, like yeah, even exactly. more elaborate. I hear. I, mean, I don't know. It doesn't have to be WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like we could do this. We could do yeah, this. Yeah, this could be a takeover thing. Yeah. What's that? This could be a takeover entrance. This isn't have, you don't have to save it for WrestleMania. Hey, even full sale. Let's do it. Full oh, sale. even full sale. That wild right. listening. I would like him to just you know bring that uh, <laughs> bring those phalanges and shred me to the ring. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we want for the ages. Uh, Rick, thank you so much for carving out some time to talk to me on Square Circle Pit. I'm such a big fan, uh, and I know well, thank you. you, you, you You've mentioned you're you're a metal injection reader as well, which I very much appreciate. Oh, of course, I, yeah, absolutely. Metal. This is what I'm saying. Like, you have to understand here. I got a text message saying, "Would you be willing to do an interview?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course." You know, like I said earlier, beginning of the interview, I'm a nice guy, I'm a giver. <laughs> and then I get the notification and say, "It's metal injection." I'm like, wow, that's what I'm talking about. Now that's my type of interview. So, I mean, <laughs> this is like, this exactly this summarizes how I'm feeling right now, the state of bliss I'm in, how surreal my life is. Like, I get to do interviews with Metal Injection. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm the air guitar guy. I scream like a girl under the ring. Like, this is what I get paid for. It's incredible. I, I feel the exact same way, but, you know, in the other direction. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rick, I mean, but, it, yeah, I love it. Awesome, man. Well, again, thank you so much. Have a great time, a download. Hopefully we'll talk to each other again soon. You know it. I will have a great time. Thank you for this opportunity. How cool was that interview? Thank you again to Rick for being an awesome, awesome, awesome guest. And also, how insane is it that uh, his character is basically inspired by Paul Heyman? And uh, if you haven't been following the wrestling world this past week, there was a huge, huge announcement in WWE. And the announcement was that Paul Heyman would be the executive director of Raw. And perhaps even more shocking, and I say even more shocking because Heyman has been in WWE. He's been working on the creative team this whole time. He's had a small role, but obviously now it's much bigger. Even more shocking is they are bringing in Eric Bischoff to run SmackDown. He's the executive director of SmackDown. And when I first read uh, this story... I thought this was like a storyline, like, oh, these guys are going to be the new general managers. They have a new name for them. They're called uh, executive directors. But then the last line of the story, uh, broken by Sports Illustrated, was like, there are no plans for these two to be on-air talent. This is strictly a backstage role. And I was just blown away. I'm, 
I'm a little excited. I'm excited because, first of all, WWE needed a change. WWE needed something new. The writing was getting stale. The the pacing, the format, it was just. It was. I was just not feeling it lately, and you know, I typically try to be as positive as possible on the show, but it was hard not to criticize WWE in the last few weeks, and it's just almost unwatchable. So I think this is good. And Heyman, bringing in Heyman for Raw, I'm very excited for this. Paul Heyman is one of my all-time favorite bookers. You know, ECW was amazing. When he ran SmackDown, it was one of my favorite periods in WWE history. Paul Heyman knows what he's doing. He keeps up with all the talent out there. He knows who the young guys are. He knows who the right people are to push. And, and most importantly, one thing that I think WWE doesn't necessarily do the best is he knows how to hide people's weaknesses and, and, and only spotlight their strengths. So I'm very, very curious to see how Paul Heyman does. And I mean, if you watch Raw this week, you could have seen his fingerprints all over. Like, there's no way if Paul Heyman wasn't in charge, the idea wouldn't have even been broached for Corey Taylor to say, holy shit, unbleeped on Raw at 8.10 Eastern time, you know, before while the kids are still up. Even though, because it is a, well, it's a PG show, but a, a TV 14 show, like shit is now allowed on television. You can say, I believe you could say you're shitty, but you can't say maybe take a shit. You can't say the physical act of shit. Something like that. I'm not, I, I forget what the censorship is. Uh, but, you know, you definitely saw it. I thought Raw was much better this week, much more watchable. It wasn't great. It was, it was good. That's, that, that's my critique. It, there, there's still room for improvement. I love that they're pushing Ricochet. They need to be pushing younger stars. There was much less Baron Corbin. There were much less backstage sketches. Uh, the 24-7 thing, I have to say, I, I'm loving it. <laughs> it's, it's some of the most entertaining stuff. Drake Maverick has completely uh, grabbed the brass ring, as Vince McMahon would say, because I feel like this wasn't even the plan for him, but because he's so funny, WWE writers just like writing for him. Uh, and now they've even brought his wife on board. So his wife, wife is collecting a paycheck. I'm sure she's really pumped about that, too. Uh, as for Eric Bischoff on SmackDown... That's the thing that kind of uh, is confusing because Bischoff hasn't worked at a wrestling company in like 10 years. Last time was TNA, which did not work out very well. They spent a lot of money and got virtually no return for it. Uh, they moved to Monday nights. It was a bomb. They moved back to Saturday. You know, like it just didn't happen. But I think the reason that he was hired, if I can think about it, is because, you know, SmackDown is moving to Fox and it, it looks like Fox are going to be much more hands on with the product than uh, USA Network is. And Vince McMahon doesn't want to deal with those corporate suits, those TV suits, and he figured, well, who knows how to deal with corporate suits and explain wrestling to them better than Eric Bischoff? He convinced Turner to give him all that budget, and, and uh, you know, he did what he did there to make that work, so let's bring him in here. My whole thing about this is, if uh, if that is the case, I think what Eric Bischoff needs to do is find, I believe his name is Ryan Ward, the guy who used to write NXT, who's one of the lead writers on SmackDown. Just let him be the writer at SmackDown. Eric Bischoff, you you do the executive thing. Talk to the talk to the people at Fox, do everything you need to do there, and uh, just stay away from creative. You know, that that's my hope for Eric Bischoff, at least. But ultimately, I'm very excited. It is, without question, this is the most exciting year Maybe in pro wrestling history, but definitely in the longest time I've said on the show before, this is the most exciting time for wrestling now more than ever. 
This past weekend was also AEW. They had their second official show ever, Fighter Fest. While Double or Nothing to me was a Grand Slam home run, that was the first show, their first official show uh, a few months ago. Uh, Fighter Fest, not so much. I think Fighter Fest kind of exposed uh, some of the places where AEW needs a bit of improvement. Ultimately, I gave the show a thumbs in the middle. And, you know, some of the things I like, the work rate, the, the roster. But one thing that's uh, a really a glaring problem for me now is production miscues. There were two times during the show when the lights had to go dark for, for a production reason. Uh, in the pre-show, the lights went dark so that uh, the order, the new order, whatever they're called, the Super Smash Bros. henchmen can surround the ring. And it felt like the lights were out for like three minutes. And then they come up, the henchmen are there, lights are supposed to go down, they're supposed to leave, and then lights come up. And the lights were just off forever. And it, it came up a little bush league, and the same thing happened with... Uh, the elite Kenny Omega and Young Bucks entrance. They they were getting a little too cutesy with it with the Street Fighter thing, and then there was the extra that ran up on stage that had to be. Then the lights were supposed to go down, and they were supposed to play the Capcom animation of like you know a combo, but it just it didn't translate, and it looked a little bush leaked. And I am rooting for AEW. I don't want them to fail. I want them to succeed. I think competition is great, but it just looked weird. The other thing that kind of uh, bothered me you know uh the pre-show matches were not that good uh the tag the opening tag team match was excellent i will say that the opening tag team match with private party scu and uh the best friends was very good and it was a great showcase for private party who still look a little green but have a lot of fun moves and with a little more experience i think they're going to be a really really fun team and the other two teams are total veterans those matches were good then the librarian sketch not good Big thumbs down. The comedy is tacky. It's hacky. And it's, I feel like AEW should be a little bit above this. Like, I'm all for corny wrestling humor, but this is just confusing and bad. It seems like a joke that only, like, the Young Bucks and Cody get. Uh, And then that match was whatever. I, I wasn't too high on it. And then the hardcore match with Michael Nakazawa, who as a character, I, I'm fine with, I, I'm curious about him. But he faced Alex Jabaley, who is the president of the gaming company that they were creating this event with. And to be honest, I wasn't, it was like, why am I watching this regular guy wrestle in a comedy hardcore match? Like, how is this supposed to get me excited for AEW, you know? So that I didn't really like. And um, I don't want to say I didn't like the main event of uh, John Moxley versus Joey Janela. It just seemed like pointless violence. It seemed like, let's bring out the barbed wire because we can. Let's bring out all this because we can. And, like, it just became, like, gore porn. It became, like, a stunt show and and not wrestling. Like, maybe it's because, for me personally, like, New Japan has spoiled me in that I just want work rate. I want great matches. And, and the hardcore stuff, I won't say it never did it for me, but it was never, like, my absolute favorite. So it was weird to see that in the main event position. Especially because these two guys, they didn't really have a, a feud before this. Joey, they, they cut some good promos in the lead up, but it just seemed too soon for this kind of match. So this was like the the other end of AEW where the first show 
was like, man, they've done everything right. This is going to be great. This is like all the good parts of WCW, all the good parts of uh, New Japan, like bred together. Whereas uh, this show kind of was like, oh, this is like a little too like CZW for me, you know? I mean, and again, this is my opinion. I know a lot of people uh, like the show and like the hardcore stuff and more power to you. It's just, I want more wrestling. I want more fun wrestling. I'm, I, I would rather have a fun lucha match than a hardcore match. Uh, and, you know, I am going to get a lot of wrestling this weekend because uh, by the time you're hearing this, or probably, well, I don't know by the time, but soon after you hear this, or maybe before you hear this, I don't want to assume when you're listening to it, but this weekend I'm going to Dallas, and I can't believe it, I'm going to be watching the first night of the G1 tournament live in person at the American Airlines Arena. I'm so excited. I'm beyond excited to see all these great singles matches. Uh, Okada versus Tanahashi. Uh, Ibushi uh, versus Kenta. That's going to be crazy. Osprey versus uh, Lance Hoyt. A lot of cool matches. I, I'm excited to see Ishii. Excited to see all the New Japan guys. The New Japan show at Madison Square Garden was such a highlight for me, such a markout moment for me that was slightly tainted by ROH's stank <laughs> in the middle of it. And I'm glad to be going to this New Japan show where it's just New Japan, no weird American gimmicks, just a pure New Japan show. I'm so excited to see it. And if you happen to be there, if you happen to be going to the show, say hi to me. I'll be there. We could chat. We could hang out. We could mark out. I will be wearing my New Japan tracksuit because I bought it for a reason. Even though it's going to be like 90 degrees and we're in a friggin' tracksuit. I don't care. Uh, well, we'll see. But I'm going to pack it for sure. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I guess that, that's all I wanted to rant about on the show today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please give us a follow. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. On Twitter, we're at Squared Circle Pit with no E in circle. Facebook, just Google Squared Circle Pit. I am Rob Injection on all social media. And uh, we're going to be back in a few weeks with another new episode. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, hearing me rant, hearing me talk metal and pro wrestling. See you again on The Flip. <laughs>